Whether you're a professional dancer or just started falling in love with ballet dance, welcome to the Ballet Dance Life podcast. Here, we are diving deep into all facets of ballet dance world that cannot be found in a workshop or an audience seat. Every week, you will find new, honest, thought-provoking, inspiring, and educational conversation with top leading professionals of our industry. I'm your host, Jana Komornitska, and I'm honored that you are part of our dance tribe. During the COVID-19 crisis, Jelena's BDE is donating class content by Jelena to help students and teachers to transition to the online platforms, hoping that these classes would help them survive in these uncertain times and keep their dance community thriving. For more information, search for hashtag TogetherWeMove or write to info at balladanceevolution.com. I will include both hashtag and email to the show notes of this episode so you can find them easily there. Hello everyone, how are you doing? Welcome back to the podcast, Baladance Life podcast, another episode which is the best of. You know guys, right now we are going through some uncertain and tough times and uh, the one thing can definitely cheer up is just the thought that at some point it will be all over and back to normal and uh, although we are all in different countries and different situations but we are kind of have a common thread going on through everyone's lives and it almost kind of feels like life is on the pose (laughs) but at the same time wanting it or not it's a time of reflection too even if you are not doing it uh, consciously like wanting or not you kind of start thinking about things, uh, questioning things that uh, you did before, the goals, uh, the actions, maybe regret that you didn't go for it before, then you actually had opportunity and and freedom to do things that you actually wanted to do and uh, just reviewing uh, what you actually want to do in life. So that's why I decided to put together another episode best of with uh, some stories from our previous guests who were not afraid to change their lives cardinally and uh, I put together very different stories. For some of our guests it was actually stepping away from active dancing and opening a different chapter in their lives in general. For some of the guests it was uh, opposite throwing themselves fully into the dance uh, field and finding joy and um, stepping into completely different and quite riskier career as a creative uh, professional and for some of them it was just switching uh, to a different direction inside the dance industry and realizing that there is not just one path in the dance uh, career All of the stories are very inspiring and very powerful and I'm really uh, happy that we had such an awesome guest in our previous episodes. It can now inspire you probably too to at least not to be afraid of uh, thinking and rethinking about what is going on and what 
you really do want in your dance journey. So today we will hear from Luna of Cairo, Oscar, Zaina Brown and Jana Sahira. All of them, of course, we had the full interviews, full episodes, and you can find all links to the original interviews in the show notes. And I highly encourage you to go back to each of them and re-listen because, uh, or listen if you miss them, because every interview was really inspiring and really powerful and uh, touching on uh, different uh, aspects of the dance life and different insights and really encouraging to uh, look forward instead of uh, staying on the same spot or holding on whatever is going on right now, sometimes just letting go and literally looking forward, looking to whatever is next. So I really hope that this episode will inspire you and cheer you up and give some uh, thoughts, uh, some food for your thoughts uh, during uh, these times. Uh, And before we dive into it, I also want to thank you so much for supporting our podcast with your uh, ratings and reviews. We this week got uh, one more review um, from Larkin 800 from United States titled So Informative, which says, Thank you so much for creating this podcast. As a new dancer, it is wonderful to hear the inspirational stories and understand that I will not be a professional dancer right away. It takes time. This is also a great way to connect with other ballet dancers and find a sense of community in the dance world. I can't thank you enough. Thank you so much for leaving the review and I'm really happy to hear that podcast is useful and inspiring and it unites dancers from all around the world that really cheers me up and thank you for sending the reviews and I'm also happy you mentioned about inspirational uh, stories of other dancers because this specific podcast and episode is exactly about that. So let's dive in. There's one paragraph from one of your recent blogs that really uh, caught my attention and I just want to uh, read it right now and uh, ask you sort of to reflect from the position that where you are now, that you left Cairo and how you now would feel about it. But basically you were uh, writing about the fact that it's very difficult to leave Cairo (laughs) and stop dancing and just because you're so much used to that lifestyle. And um, uh, what you've wrote is that one of the reasons so many dancers don't go home is because of the addiction. Performing every night is like a drug. After a while, you may not even love it anymore, but you can't stop because you need it and because it's who you are. You cannot imagine yourself doing anything else because that would require that you think of yourself as a different person and that's painful. This is one of the reasons dancers in Egypt don't retire, like ever, even then they really need to. So how do you feel now about it, that you left Cairo? I don't know if you have any plans on coming back soon or is it a sort of permanent leave, but uh, uh, sort of taking yourself out of that lifestyle of everyday performing, how... How do you feel now that kind of dense drug <laughs> that was a part of your life for so many years? Um, I stand by what I said. 
it is extremely difficult. I The one thing I am proud of myself for, and I give myself a lot of credit for, is the fact that I was able to make this decision to leave. Um, I don't plan on going back anytime soon. I, I'm done with it. Um, I will go back to visit, of course, but not to resettle and dance again. I just basically, I got real with myself. I said, I've been here for 10 years. Every day is like yesterday. Nothing new. Um, I dance every single day. I do a wedding. I do a boat. I do a hotel. Somebody asked me to do a music video. Great. Okay. So I've done this a million times. All these other dancers are doing the same thing. What does all of this mean? I don't even get enjoyment out of it anymore. And whether or not I do this music video, for example, makes no difference because there's 50 million other dancers music videos. So what's the point? But yeah, I mean, like I said, I wasn't enjoying it anymore. And I said, there's no point. I came to Egypt for this. I, I never would have come to Egypt to live in Egypt had it not been for this because Egypt is not, it's not an easy country to live in. It's extremely filthy, extremely polluted. It's chaotic. Your people act strange. It's it's just not an ideal place to live. So without this reason for me to be there, I said, enough. I'm wasting my life. I'm wasting my time. Um, life is short. And I don't want this to be the only thing that I do in my life, especially if I'm not enjoying it. So also, my personal life was a complete disaster. And I'm in my, my 30s. So I never really considered my personal life before, but... I am starting to now, and I think that this has to take uh, precedence over anything else. I, mean, I cannot have a healthy personal life or a social life in Egypt. I just can't because of people's mentality. It's very different from my mentality. The way they treat each other, the way they treat women, the way the answers, it was just impossible. So I said I need to get myself out of here. And it was painful on so many different levels. Of course, I wasn't sure if I was making the right decision, only because I said, oh my God, I put in so much hard work and tears and and pain to do what I did, and now I'm just going to pick up and leave and destroy it. But at the end of the day, I said, I don't care. I'll destroy it. But I am not happy here anymore. So there's no reason for me to stay. Well, I can only imagine how painful it is, but it's definitely very brave to just be able to go and explore something else and something new because I feel we're so much stuck often to something that we kept doing for a long time just because for the sake of keep doing it. It's all we put so much time in it. So why why to leave? Yeah, exactly. No, it's easier. You know, it's very difficult. People are pretty much averse to change. That is normal human nature. Um, and, and 10 years is enough. It's a lot. And 10 years, you know, the best years of my life I put into this country. So I said I need to stop being fearful of what can happen if I leave. And I'm going to recreate my life. Mm. So actually, you know, it's only been a month. It will be exactly a month tomorrow. Um, so far, I'm at peace with myself. I'm at peace with my decision. I'm very happy being home. I feel like I've been released from a prison. No joke. I'm not just. I'm not just saying this. I really do. I, feel mm -hmm. I have been released from jail, or like I've died and gone to heaven, or I just feel free and liberated. So I'm pretty sure I made the right decision. 
Well, congratulations on that. And if it feels good, it's definitely the right one. And good luck with your further exploration of your life and path. And I'm sure it will be awesome. And uh, at least not, not less exciting, but I'm sure even more exciting than the previous pages. Um, just let us know, please. Are you planning to keep dance in your future <laughs> or you're trying to keep something changing completely to something different <laughs> yeah so i'm trying to do both um i right now i'm taking a lot of different types of dance classes i'm taking west african dance which i love and it is my new addiction i'm taking haitian classes and that's really fun too and i like it because it's so different from belly dance it's It's the place where you can be big with your movement and you can be strong and you can be violent and you can let it all out. And it's not like belly dance where you have to contain yourself and make it small and nuanced. So that's a lot of fun. Um, also, I want to get a regular job, but I will continue to teach dancing, belly dancing. I want to become more active on the festival and workshop circuit. Um, I think that I need to capitalize on everything that I did in Egypt. I put in all this effort and all this money. <laughs> yes, money. It cost me a lot to be there. I didn't make money. So I think it's my turn now to to reap the benefits of what I did. Um, I am, like I said, I'm teaching workshops. I have a couple of festivals coming up. I'm going to do something in Florida and then I'm going to China and then I'll be back. Um, I offer Skype lessons. I translate songs for people, and I am going to start teaching Egyptian Arabic. So, yeah, I think there's a lot that I can do mm. in the dance world, and I'm looking forward to that. Well, I'm extremely happy to hear that we still will keep seeing you on the dance scene. Uh, that <laughs> uh, That's really, uh, really nice and to really make me happy. Um, good luck with your further exploration and I can only repeat that I believe it's super brave and uh, uh, it's a sign of strong personality to just be ready to close one page of life and try to switch to something new and uh, not that yet defined but just be open for new opportunities and new explorations and uh, seeing where life will lead because as you said we have only one life and life is short so uh, That's something inspiring for people, I think, not only dance-wise, but in any fields of the life. Sometimes we just need to let let the hold off to to be able to move further and uh, uh, find uh, new things and uh, new aspects of happiness, I guess. <laughs> uh, you have been working in... Uh... Uh, banking at that time and as uh, far as I did my research you had like almost uh, I think even more than 10 year career in a corporate world and then suddenly your interest in dance and now you are full-time dancer how that transition from corporate world from what we are sort of used to uh, call normal life quotes unquote, and transition in this artistic crazy life how was it uh, for you i don't know I, you know when i i look my my, my life back is like a cinderella tale uh, i start to work when i have 12 years old in my family we have many problems my family is one uh, normal family you know 
for many years, we have a big crisis in our country and my father need work, you know, and it's impossible to find the work. And I start to work when I have 12 years uh, for pay my school. I pay my school, my high school, uh, the university. I finished three careers on the university. I work all my life. All my life, I have the normal life and the artistic life in the same time. Uh, for many, many years, I sleep four hours, you know, because I work nine, ten hours every day and I need to find the time for learn and for dance and for teach. All the my teenager time, I never go to the parties. I never go because the weekends I I ha, I I use my money for buy a camera, buy the video camera, and I record um, birthdays, uh, weddings, and I did the videos and I sold the videos. Um, every every weekend I work so hard uh, for collect the money and, and for pay my theater teachers or my dancer teachers or take my trips for go to learn with another teachers in Buenos Aires. I, I, I'm so happy because uh, I, I'm very lucky because I work very hard and I find a very good work in a more important bank in Argentina. Uh, the bank paid my, two of my university careers. I really love, I'm economist. I'm international, international commerce. I love this part of my life. I'm so passionate. When I work in a bank, I work with all my passion on side to the bank. Um, after 10 years in the bank, I'm one of the five more important private executives of the private banking in Argentina. And in this moment, the bank give me one award, make one ceremony for the five best uh, executives and, and give me one award because I'm very, very important uh, executive and I work with the 500 more important clients of Argentina. In this moment, my mind is broken. I, I, I say, oh my God, uh, because in this moment, I need to take one decision. If I continue with my career on the bank, I need to stop to dance. In this moment, I start to, to work in uh, Dancing with the Star in the TV. I'm a coach. I prepare different uh, famous uh, partners for dance on TV. And I start to more exposure of my face on the TV. Um, the bank is not too happy with this situation. And put me in front of the wall and say, okay, Oscar, you have two options. Or you continue with your uh, successful career on the bank, or you continue dancing, but no both. And I, I, in this moment, you know, I, I can't I can think about this. I, I remember to go to the toilet, and in the toilet, I meet with the president of the bank. And very natural, you know, very, very natural. Like I speak with a friend, he said me, oh, we are waiting your answer. And I say, okay, I live out to the bank. And this person opened the eyes like you now, <laughs> big eyes, and say, "No, it's not possible. You can say me this the day to we we have a, a, a big award for you." And I say, "I'm honest. For me, it's black or white, and and this is the truth. I thinking in six months more, leave out to the bank because I need have the opportunity in my life for first time. I need the opportunity to try to live my dream." And I say, if you really support me, if you really 
if this is true to you, like my career in, in the company, give me the opportunity to be free. One, one week later to this meeting, he called me and he said, okay, Oscar, I have a good news for you. I will give you one contract, one open contract for two years. You are free for two years. In these two years, you continue with your medical security, with your account, and you have two years for go around to the world. Try to live your life. But if in two years you are not happy with your artistic life, you need back to the bank and continue with your career here, but not, you stop to dance, not dance more. If you know back to the bank and you take the decision to say, okay, I decide no back more to the bank, I will give you the money for your 10 years of useful career on the bank. After one year traveling around the world, I decide no back more to the bank. I say, no, this is my life. This is my big, big opportunity. And when I cancel the contract, the banking pay me for my 10 years of uh, career. And with this money, I buy my studio in Buenos Aires and put my own studio. I finish the rent to the studio and I buy my space, my own space, and I create my last studio in Buenos Aires. For this is like a Cinderella, you know. I work very hard, but finally, uh, all, is, all is good. And one of the things uh, this was like a thread throughout the book, at least that was my, my impression, and actually even it sort of gave impression that it started all your band's dance um, adventures and seeking these contracts and journeys, uh, was a sort of attempt to escape uh, dance depression, I would almost say, uh, although it's a strong mm-hmm. word, but there was some, like, trying to avoid some dense uh, disappointments. Mm. Uh, can you talk a little bit about this? Why Why in the first place you decided to go suddenly, like, you went to U.S., you first wanted to take classes, then you established to actually live there, but then suddenly, suddenly you go for so many years uh, back and forth to the Middle East. What was uh, making you, what was your... Uh, sort of personal reason to even seek those contracts. Mm, I like how you called it dense depression. That's really an accurate term. Um, In New York, I was working mostly in Manhattan, as well as Brooklyn and Queens. But anybody who's familiar with the New York City dance scene knows that most of the work is in small places, really crowded hookah lounges and... um, where you don't really have a space to dance in to begin with. And it's not exactly a dream come true for a performer. I mean, all of us want to be on a stage and under um, beautiful stage lights and uh, maybe with live music and, you know, to feel like an artist. And I got to the point where I was a very busy dancer, but I was burnt out. I was running from one little hookah lounge in the East Village to another and uh, at some point I looked at my life and my phone was ringing every day and uh, this was before we started messaging everything so people would still call you Mm -hmm. Um, and I was just tired of 
that life. And I, I kept thinking there's got to be something more. There's got to be the next level. And I didn't know where that was. I didn't know that I should go and work in the Middle East. I didn't know how to go about that. But what happened was I decided to go to Egypt just as a tourist. I intended on staying two months and just absorb. It was my first time in Egypt, so I wanted to see all the dancers and, and just enjoy the atmosphere and learn some Arabic and all that and come back all refreshed back to New York City. But I stayed for five months. Um, and during that time, I looked for other places to be dancing in and I got in touch with this agent and he gave me my first contract and off I went. It was just, uh, I continued to work with him from that point on. And the other thing, aside from the dance that happened to me in those years is I became like completely addicted to traveling. Mm. I, I lost all sense of like having a home and uh, having a place to uh, put my things down in. I was happy with a couple of suitcases, which were, which were, which were mostly like full of dance costumes. So very few like <laughs> personal belongings. Um, and I just wanted to see the world. And then the more I saw the world, the more I wanted. So um, I would call it an addiction in a good way. And uh, did that addiction uh, help you to find fulfillment and to get out of that uh, state of uh, uh, depression or dense disappointment? Not in the dance, but in the career and like uh, things that was happening surrounding dance. Sure. And I think the dance depression was over the moment I landed in Egypt. I mean, <laughs> just to see Randa Kamel with her orchestra was just all I needed. Um and all the inspiration that I needed. Um, and yeah, the traveling gave me a lot. I continue to travel. I mean, there is no ending to it. I now have a home, but um, I will always be a traveler. And the reason I sort of touched on the beginning of uh, all cause of all your adventures, this uh, Uh, burnout and dance depression it just I kind of feel that it hits a lot of uh, full-time dancers but uh, we don't really talk much about it and I remember mm -hmm. then I was reading the beginning of your book and, and got to that point and you described uh, uh, that feeling I was like oh my god it feels so so familiar <laughs> Yeah. Uh, maybe not at the same like point or like scale, but um, and it's funny, uh, funny uh, to even acknowledge because two years ago I would never thought I would even think about something like that. That, of course, like busy lifestyle is a dream of every dancer, but once you get there, it doesn't really fulfill much. Mm. How do you think, looking back now on those years, um, was there anything? else you could do to get through that state without going uh, and completely changing your, your life and uh, going to the Middle East? How do you think? No, I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> I had to get out. <laughs> not that New York is a bad place to dance, not at all. But sometimes you just have to get out from where you are and, and reset yourself. I mean, for someone that can just mean going on a vacation or going to um, learn something new, maybe um, doing something other than dancing for a while and then going back to it. I mean, those are all 
viable options. But I think for me at that point, I just, I had to look for the next thing, which for me was working in the Arab countries. This kind of sensibility and self-knowledge is a tool for dream making. Because if you're not in contact with who you are and the way you see the world, the music, the movement, whatever, you don't even know what your dreams are. And this is what happens with most people I know. They don't even know. They just follow what everybody else is doing. Oh, everybody else is going out. Okay, so I'm going. Everybody else wants a house, big house. Okay, I'm going to have a house. Okay, everybody else wants a nice car, fancy car. Okay, that's what I'm going to do. Everybody else uh, uh, wants to be fit and they're doing yoga or they're going to this gym. Okay, that's what I'm going to do. If you ask most people, what do you really want? They don't know because they don't even ask themselves that. And Egyptian dance is a huge and very pleasurable way of putting you in contact with yourself in a way that you're really aware. It's not what others want. It's not what your parents want. It's not what your society wants. It's not what everybody else is wanting. It's what do you really want to feel happy? You know, what do you really want? I give you an example. I was in Egypt performing daily, intensively for almost eight years. That That's a long time, especially when you're doing it, you know, you're managing everything by yourself. So it's a hard job. I'm managing my whole orchestra, my clients, my show, everything, everything. So it's, it's, it's wonderful, but it's really hard. And it came a time when I realized that stage, that cycle was over and everybody was shocked starting with my musicians, when I told them, guys, I'm thinking about leaving because, and mind you, I was at the top of my success. So it wasn't like I was having a hard time. No, I was, you know, finally comfortable, you know, and smooth sailing. I I used to say people would come to my show, even if I went with my knickers on my head, you know, because once you prove yourself and people search for your name, because this is how it happens in Egypt. People start to search for your name. They go for you. They don't go for a random show. They go to Sijuana. They pay for a specific dancer. They know where, where you're performing and when you're performing. So it's very rewarding because you work so hard for this place of comfort, but suddenly I realize, okay, this is not my dream anymore. And everybody around me told me, you're really crazy. How come you come all this way? You worked so far. You have everything you wanted and now you're living? I mean, you're crazy. What's happening? And although everything around me was telling me to continue because I was in my comfort zone, you know, I, I had the musicians I wanted. I was performing where I wanted. I had the conditions I wanted. I had full houses every night. What else? What else? You know? But I knew there was more and I knew that format, that dream had been achieved and it was over. And I didn't know exactly what would come next, but I knew that something fresh had to come in order to make me feel alive. And that is the kind of inner awareness and authenticity and truthfulness that you develop when you're deeply into the Egyptian dance craft. You really know yourself and you know, oh my God, this is over. It's not giving me joy anymore. It's it's closed. It's a chapter that has been closed and now a new one has to be opened. This is the dream that comes from within. It comes from self-awareness, self-knowledge. And Egyptian dance, if you really go for it, as you probably should, 
it will give you that awareness. It will give you that contact with your heart, that contact with your core that makes you in love with the exterior world, but not depending on it and not so influenced by it. You know, like you're interested in the outside world, but the most interesting world is the one you carry within. And that's the one you're always going to go inside for answers. That's what Egyptian dance teaches you, you know, if you go for it on a deeper level. So there is no way I can separate Egyptian dance teaching in the more typical format, dance, movement, steps, choreographies, history, culture, blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's wonderful. It's very interesting. It's a world in itself. But what about all that and (laughs) these skills that make you a more powerful dancer, very unique, and a more powerful human being who can actually manifest the things you truly dream of? Mm. This is perfect. And it makes all sense to me. This is something that I personally had to hear, at least right now in this time of my life, (laughs) like closing one chapters and opening another ones. It's not only brave decisions sometimes to go for for the success, because even the decision to move or, or to go on your own to like Egypt or to move, that's already very brave and some people would say uh, maybe not thoughtful or whatever crazy but then achieving success and closing that chapter and going for something else that i think is more brave than uh, crazily going for success but it just being more conscious honestly Mm. like i have it right now so many thoughts and questions on my mind like I don't even know which direction to go from here but um it kind of feels that dance served for you as your personal search of happiness oh yeah and you kept repeating that dance is about you and your not I mean not you but you as a person and uh finding out your true desires, true wishes, uh, true thoughts. But at the same time, uh, something was on my mind from the very beginning of our conversation. I was thinking to ask you, how much do you feel your acting skills helped you in your dance career? What is the balance between like being you on stage and being an actor on stage because we do have an acting element in dance performances too yeah okay that's another very interesting question but before i answer your question let me give you just a final hint mm-hmm. on the previous issue sure. which i think uh is missing because i train a lot of professional dancers so i i, I train dancers on different formats And I have private online courses with professional dancers. I mean, owners of schools, people who have been in this business for longer than I am. So I know what goes in the mind of people from different countries and um, what is lacking. And I think in most professional dances, they're lacking a vision for their career. They set a small goal, which they think is huge. Well, when I moved to Egypt, I thought, oh, my God, being successful in Egypt by myself, blah, 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 this is huge. And it was huge. But I knew it was not the end of my vision. 
I had a vision for my career, a long-term vision, which could be resumed to this. I wanted to know Egyptian dance in depth. This is why I moved to Egypt, by the way. I didn't move to Egypt because I wanted to be successful in Egypt. I moved to Egypt because I knew that the only way I could know Egyptian dance the way I wanted to know was by going there, researching, working, dealing with Egyptian musicians, with Egyptian mentality, with Egyptian culture, with Egyptian audiences, with Egyptian teachers, with uh, dealing with the language, you know, dealing with with personal relationships inside of the culture. I, I really wanted to go so deep that I would know the craft better than I know myself and then share the craft with the whole world. Because it was it was like, you know, discovering a jewel, something so beautiful and you want everybody to know it. You want everybody to see it. So I had a vision, which I still do. I still have bigger than each of the goals that I've been gathering around, way bigger. Mm -hmm. So when I finish a chapter, I think, yes, oh my God, I'm finishing something that I started and I worked so hard for. But at the same time, there is a side of my brain that says, yeah, girl, but you're also working for the bigger plan, for the bigger vision. This was a stage of evolution. This was not the end. This was the beginning. So if you have a vision of long-term vision of a higher goal, a bigger goal inside which you will enter these small goals, these beginnings and these endings will not be so hard because you know something else will come. Even if it's not clear in the moment, you know, and I, it wasn't clear at the moment when I felt this is finishing. I have to close this door. I'm way too comfortable. I'm not learning anymore. I'm not evolving anymore. It has to stop. Otherwise, I will become, like many of the dancers I saw around me, stale. They were not doing something interesting, something exciting. They were too comfortable. I, I knew without knowing something else would come in my evolution and in the accomplishment of my vision, long-term vision. So it's very important to have a vision bigger than the small goals that you go achieving one after the other. To have To have you have this perspective of, okay, I'm closing this chapter, but a new chapter is coming. And this makes it smoother, okay? But if I just wanted yeah, to yeah, tell you it, that. Yeah, it's a very important and interesting topic. I just want to, to stay a little bit longer on this uh, now. Um, but if you're talking about small goals and that sometimes closing one chapter, it's not really clear what's coming next, how can we define then a bigger vision? I'm sure you probably didn't exactly imagine your life unfolding this way. I don't know. Then you just moved to Egypt. It was completely different thoughts. Uh, yeah. Possibly or maybe not. But what for someone who maybe now like listening and in this frustrating situation of not feeling fulfilled by what they're doing, but at the same time it's like, still working in dance and it we always feel like oh but i always dream about dance career it's here it's happening or at, yeah for whatever level for in whatever like little niche for everyone teaching performing whatever. yeah so like what do you mean by vision or like maybe you can give some tips okay. and tools for people so, to define it yeah it, it's actually it's very clear and it's very simple although also not very common this is what you do first not everybody has a clear vision of what they want to achieve so when i moved to egypt when i started performing i would say from my fourth or fifth year into performing 
I started thinking maybe one day I'll travel the world and teach everything that I'm learning because, you know, I was working with the best musicians I've ever heard in my life. I literally picked them from the street. I went to Haram Street, which is one of the oldest uh, entertainment streets in Cairo. Now it's very decadent, but it used to be like the Broadway of the Middle East, you know, in the 60s and 70s. And I, I went by myself into these awful nightclubs and I picked my musicians one by one the best, most inspired musicians I've ever heard. So I was learning so much and I eventually along the way I realized, hmm, I think one day I will have to teach everything that I'm learning because every day was a school. Every day I went to work, I was learning loads. And I said, oh my God, I have to teach this somehow, somewhere, you know, because it's so interesting, not only about dance, but about music, about the culture, about performing, about connection with the audience, about emotional expression, about discovering who I am through my dance and through my performances so much, you know. So gradually the idea, even if a faint idea that someday I would travel the world teaching and performing and lecturing, which I did after I left Egypt, it was starting to show up. Mm -hmm. lightly, you know, but in the horizon. I was also working with Mahmoud Reda, which, you know, for sure, he's the father of Egyptian folklore. And I started as a student and invited me to work as his teaching and choreography assistant. So I was performing at night and I was working with Mahmoud Reda during the day, teaching in Egypt and also outside of Egypt. So my first work trip outside of Egypt was actually teaching with Mahmoud Reda. Mm -hmm. This is something that a lot of people don't know. And it's, it's something that honors me uh, greatly for many reasons. So Mahmoud was also telling me, you have to teach what you know. You have to teach what you're doing. I say, Mahmoud, how? I mean, how? I'm performing every day. You know, I'm teaching with you. I say, no, no. Eventually, you have to have your school, Joanna, somehow. I say, no, no, my school, no, no, because I don't want to be stuck to one place. You know, I'm very gypsy. I like my freedom. I like to go and come as I please, you know. But there were like hints of what would come next. Now, it doesn't happen, happen like this for everybody. Not always you have hints of what will come next. Not always you will have an idea of your next chapter. Not always. So if you don't, the first question you have to make, and is it's one that I do every day, it's instead of what do I want to achieve, you ask, how can I serve my art? This is such a simple question. And it's so powerful. How can I serve my art? What don't I like about what's happening in the Egyptian dance field? And how can I contribute to change it? This is very powerful. If you don't have a clear vision, or even if you have a clear vision, because as I said, I do this question to myself every day. And every time I create a product or I'm writing, you know, now I'm writing a new book. I have to ask myself always, is this serving my art? Or is this just, you know, me expressing myself? Because that's for a diary. That's not for a book. You see, there are things that give me pleasure that are not of public service. They are not of public interest. They're only of my interest. So art should be personal, but should also be universal. You know, when you dance, it's very personal. But if it comes from a point of wanting to serve your art, it will touch people. It will inspire people. It will connect. It will make them feel alive. It will make them feel free. It will make them, you know, feel their heart 
warm somehow. So it all, it's always a combination of me expressing myself and how can I serve my art? What don't I like? Which is a subject that now it's so common. You know, I, sometimes I enter Facebook less and less and less, but when I do, I'm, I see people complaining and a lot of the complaints are, are totally, I, I agree with them. I mean, I totally agree with this. It's not that there are unfair complaints or critics. They're fair and they're true. But the question is, what are you doing to change that? Mm-hmm. And if you don't know what your next chapter is, ask, what don't I like about Egyptian dance nowadays and how can I change that? How can I serve my art instead of serving myself? Because, you know, sometimes we get lost in ambition. Oh, I want to be this. I want to do that. I want to be known. Don't, don't care so much about wanting to be known. Do great work and you will be known for your great work. (laughs) You know, so so being known is a consequence, should be a consequence, should not be a goal because that's going to be a very superficial goal and it's going to go away fast. It's not going to be a long-term goal. Oh, I want to be famous. I want to be known. Oh my God, you're going to screw up. You are going to screw up if that's your goal. Your goal should be doing great work in a way that you feel will serve your dance, will serve your community in a way that along the way you imagine if I was part of Egyptian dance history, what would I like my contribution to be? Go and do that. And then you will be known for that. And that's how it goes. That's it for today, guys. But before you go away, don't forget to screenshot this episode and share it with your friends. And if you post it on social media, please tag me and our guest because we love seeing who is listening to the podcast. Thanks for being with us and I'll see you next week. Same time, same place. It all started with a silly idea of creating some cute Baladins gifts, but grew up into a full fashion and lifestyle brand, which is called My Inner Dancer, an online store for passionate dancers. Things change, things evolve, but our premise remains the same. Inspired by Baladins, created for life. Check it out at myinnerdancer.com and reveal your inner dancer to the world.